0: Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. I want to welcome everybody who is joining us online this morning. Thank you so much for being a part of Activation Church. And if you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and join us one Sunday at 930 or 11 o'clock. Can you put your hands together and just thank them for being here with us? We're going to be continuing on with our series today on Dating Destiny. We're talking about nurturing the relationship between who you are right now and who you are becoming. We're talking about nurturing the relationship between where you currently are and where God is taking you to. And this story in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, is a very familiar story. If you've grown up in church, you know this story, you know the characters from the story, but I wanna look at a part and pull it out and draw our attention to it because there is a moment in time that completely shifts the trajectory of David's life. It's one moment. One decision made in this moment completely changed his life. And I want you to understand the importance of a moment. Do You understand that one moment, one decision can change your life forever. So we need to learn how to perceive the moment we're in. We need to learn how to discern the moment we're in. We need to learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate the moment that we are in so that we can see it through his eyes. Because if we can see it from his perspective, it can be a light to our path, are you following me? And so this moment is very important. And as we talk about dating destiny, it is important for you to get this in your life. First Samuel 17, starting in verse 19, the Bible says, now Saul, that's the king of Israel at the time, And they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse, that's his father, had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up from the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. This is something that every time I read this story just hops out off the page. David heard him. For 40 days, Goliath has been challenging the army of Israel, and everyone who has heard the challenge has backed down in fear. But something different happens on this day. Because David is out, he's taken bread and cheese to his brothers, and in this moment he hears the challenge. And watch what happens. Verse 24, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, talking about Goliath, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. That's their perspective. This guy is big. This guy is bad. This guy is going to destroy us. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men that stood by him, say, what? What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way and said, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, David's older brother, heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not just a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant, listen to David's words. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. The title of this message this morning is filtered through faith. Can you turn to the person nation and say, you've got to filter your life through faith. When I was a kid, uh, Kung Fu movies were really popular. Anybody ever seen a Kung Fu movie? You know the ones where like the mouth doesn't match up with the words? They're out uh, there like, they're like, hello, I am very glad that you are here today. You, you know what I'm talking about? And then to make it even better, they have these sound effects that are amazing. Like when someone throws a punch, it's like, feel my wrath, you know, all this stuff. And, and so when I was thinking about that, I remembered when I was a kid in karate class, there was this guy who made his own sound effects. This is a true story. He would spar people, and as he's sparring, he made his own sound effects. He would throw punches and go Then he'd go And all this stuff, and he looked great doing it. I don't know if he could fight, but he looked good and he sounded good. And I, I was thinking about that because a lot of times there are people Especially growing up in church that I've seen, that they look really good. They, they look the part. They wear the Christian t-shirt. They carry a Bible. They quote scriptures. But when it comes to doing anything for the kingdom of God, they just don't really do much. They look the part, but they're not doing anything. And that's what David is dealing with here in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. There's a lot of guys around him that look the part. They, they've got the army fatigues on. They've got the armor on they are carrying swords they've got shields but when it comes to fighting the giant they say no way they are scared of the man who is in front of them but one day the bible says as david is coming along minding his own business doing what his father asked him to do the bible says david heard the giant and what he hears in this moment he does not process through fear but he processes through faith. He doesn't hear the same way that others hear. He hears the same thing, get this. He hears the same thing, he sees the same problem, but he processes it in a different way because he filters it through faith. How many of you have a cell phone that takes pictures in here? Most of you are familiar with the filter aspect. I've seen your social media. You're not that young. You've, you've, learned how to, you've learned how to work that filter. And I was saying in the first service, like, I'm glad that I'm not dating right now. I'm glad that I'm married uh, because you never know what you're going to get. Like, what you see on social media is not necessarily what you're going to see in person. Because you have the ability to make yourself look younger. You have the ability to get rid of some of them lines. You have the ability to make yourself look a little bit thinner. You know what I'm talking about. You can have little butterflies swimming around your head. All this stuff, you have a filter. You get to choose what your picture is going to look like. And the reason I'm saying that is because it's the same thing with life. You have the choice of how you will filter your life. You can either filter your life through fear or you can filter it through faith. You can either filter it through fear and always say, well, what if this? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my home? What if this person walks away? Are you following me? There's always going to be a what if that you can put your fear into, and that is your choice, or you can filter your life through faith and say, what if this challenge what if this moment what if this season that i am walking through right now is the thing that will step me into my destiny are you seeing this everybody there saw a giant david sees an opportunity to step into his destiny same problem different perspective how do you filter what you're going through do you see the season that you're in as a moment that you can actually advance and step into your destiny? What if, what if, hear this, what if the greatest battle of your life is what leads to the greatest breakthrough in your life? See, as Christians, we all want to quote scriptures like, I am more than a conqueror. Well, if you're going to co- be a conqueror, that means you've conquered something. You can't be a champion if you've never fought a battle. So when we come to these battles in life, we can't be fearful of them. We've got to see it as this is an opportunity for me to see the goodness of God and I can step in to this victorious and I will come out on the other side and I will stand and say, look what the Lord has done. What if, I'm just, I'm just saying, well, what if, I mean, what if the storm you are in right now is your opportunity to learn to walk on water. Think about this. We all have problems. We all have storms, we all have trials. That's a fact. As a matter of fact, watch what the Bible says in Isaiah 43 too. It says, when you pass through the waters. It's not if, it's saying when you pass through the waters, God says, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overthrow, overflow you. When you walk through the fire, not if, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. What is he trying to say? You're going to walk through through trials there's going to be opposition life is going to come at you hard that is a fact but you can know that God is with you and if he has brought you to this moment he has the ability to bring you through it you've got to shift and change the way you see your problem you've got to know and somebody's got to hear this this morning you've got to know that no matter what you are going through, no matter where you are, God is with you. And if you are in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that he is for you. He's not against you. He is for you. And if God is for you, then nothing and no one can stand against you. So my faith is I know in whom I believe and I am persuaded that he is more than enough to help me. I believe and I know that he is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Yeah, I've got some trouble, but I've got an ever-present help and I am coming through. Turn to the person next and say, I'm coming through. I'm coming through. Now, when we talk about faith, it's important for us to understand that faith is not ignoring reality. Some people teach faith incorrectly they teach you to deny what is that's not faith if you have a headache faith is not saying i don't have a headache faith is saying i believe that god can deal with this headache when david comes up and he's talking to saul about the giant he doesn't say oh there's no giant there but that's how we think about faith And sometimes that's how it's been portrayed within the church world. We just act like if we ignore it long enough, it'll just go away. That's not faith. Faith is seeing the reality, knowing there's an issue, knowing there's a problem, knowing there's a giant, but knowing and believing that God has the ability to handle that reality. Are you following what I'm saying? That's important for you to understand. You can't just ignore your problems away. You've got to stand and face those problems head on knowing that God is with you. David says in Psalm 18:29 he says, "For by my God I can run through a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall." What's he trying to say? There's going to be some troops. There's going to be some walls that are built in front of you, but by my God, I can rise above them all. Through Jesus Christ, you are more than a conqueror. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are advancing and never going backwards. Are you following this? You are more than enough, and you've got to understand that sometimes the greatest battle in your life is an indication of an even greater destiny. Please hear this. Sometimes the greatest battles we face are an indication of an even greater destiny. David woke up that morning like any other day. I don't know what his morning routine is, but whatever it was, he went through it. And his dad said, I want you to take some bread and cheese to your brothers. He obeyed his father. He goes out early in the morning, It's a normal day in David's life. He did not know when he woke up that this day would forever change his life. He did not know how pivotal this moment would be. He did not know that we would be talking about him a few thousand years later. Are you following what I'm saying? He didn't know that when he went to bed that night, he would be a national hero. It was a normal day In David's life but then he comes to the battle line and he is faced with a problem he's faced with a situation he's faced with a giant but instead of filtering it through his fear he filters it through his faith and I love the confidence of David I love the fact that he says you know what if God can do this for me then he can do this Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? See, you see him as someone who is coming to destroy your life, but I see him as an opportunity to advance my life. He's hearing something different than they're hearing because all they can focus on, you got to hear this. This is powerful. All they can see and focus on is the problem in front of them, but David sees an opportunity. David said, you know what? If I kill this giant, I'm going to get some money. I'm going to get a wife. And my family's going to be free in Israel. He's not rehearsing how big the giant is. He's rehearsing the promise that lies ahead of him. He sees this obstacle as an opportunity to move his life forward. And this moment is so pivotal for his life because if he would have filtered it through fear, we wouldn't be talking about him. He would have never become the king of Israel. But because he made the decision in the moment to have faith, he became a national hero. Are you seeing how important it is that you handle your situation? You can't control the situation, but you can control how you handle it. You can't control what stands in front of you, but you can control how you view it. David saw the giant through a different set of lenses. If you're taking notes, write this down. Faith sees from a different perspective. Faith sees from a different perspective. It doesn't ignore the reality of the giant. It looks at the giant from a different angle. You've probably heard it said that, you know, people saw Goliath as being too big, David saw him as being too big to miss. Those are like cliches that we throw around in the church world, but it's true. He saw the same problem, he just saw it from a different perspective. Faith sees obstacles as opportunities. Fear sees opportunities as obstacles. We don't want to go through challenges. We don't want to face battles. But what if, I'm just saying, what if the battle in your life is the very thing you need to get to where God is calling you to go? And without that battle, you would have never gone there. If that person would have never left your life, you would have never gone there. If you would have never lost that job, you would never be where you are now. And now you're, I mean, you're at a point now where you can look back on your life and go, look what God's done. It didn't make sense in the moment, Like when I was younger and this happened to me, it didn't make sense, but now I'm old enough to see, wow, had that not happened, I wouldn't be where I am now. Great is thy faithfulness. Life may not work out the way I want it to work out all the time, but I know that God is in control and he has my best future planned for me and because of that, I can have hope. No matter what the situation is. Even in death, we have hope. So many of us were fearful of death because it seems so unknown to us, but as a child of God, we should have hope that even with death, there is no sting because we step from this moment into the next moment. We step from this pain and this turmoil into the presence of the living God where he wipes away every tear from our eyes. There is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. I have hope. So it doesn't matter what comes my way. I have hope. You've got to get some hope in your life because if you don't have any hope, you'll have nothing to direct your faith towards. You have to choose how you will look at your life. You can either stare at the problem or you can stare at the solution. And whatever you magnify will grow. Whatever you magnify will grow. If you magnify your problem, it will grow. But if you magnify your God, He will grow on in the inside of you. And it's not that He gets bigger, because God, God is, but it, he magnifies in your eyes to where you see that, you know what? There's nothing impossible with my God. The creator of the universe, the one who said, let there be, and it became, is the one that's holding me today. The one that is holding me today in his hands. And he knows the beginning from the end. So, you know, if you ever go like whitewater rafting, say you're in a raft and you're in the middle of canyons. You can only really see what's going on right around you. You can see the current, you can see the waves, you can see the rock boulders, you can see the cliffs, all that stuff. That's all you see. But the man who stands on the canyon sees it all. Think about your life that way. Think about the fact that you're you're in that raft in a raging river and all you can see is what's here but God stands outside of space and time. He sees it all. And he is, if you have surrendered your life to him, he is moving you to where you need to be. The Bible says, Romans 8, 8, 28, and we know. Like, this should be a fact to you. And we know. For those that love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So here's my outlook on life. I do love God. I am called according to his purpose. And so I believe that everything is going to start working out for my good and already is working out for my good. Even though I don't understand it, I don't lean to my own understanding. I trust in him. I acknowledge him. And he is going to direct my path. One of my favorite Psalms of David is where he says, you know what? I'm going paraphrase. He says, life has gotten so difficult. There's been moments that I want to throw my hands in the air. There's been moments I want to quit. There's been moments that I want to walk away, but I don't because I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is faith. It is expectation to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not just in the sweet by and by, but right here, right now. When I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I say, this is an opportunity for me to see the goodness of God. When I see a problem, I say, this is an opportunity for me to see God move the mountain. When I see this happen, this is an opportunity for me to see what God wants to do through it. You gotta know that the thing you're going through could be the thing that takes you where you need to be even though you don't like it in the moment. You know, uh, most of you probably don't know this about me, but speaking in public scares me. Now, I've gotten comfortable here at the church, a lot of familiar faces, that helps out a lot. But if I'm in a different environment and I'm going to speak, it scares me. And I remember this one time I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was at a world conference there. And there are people from all over the world. Room is full. I'm sitting in the back. I'm just there attending. I'm sitting in the back with Randy. And to be honest with you, the only reason I'm there is to be able to see some people that I know and hang out. I'm not really there to get anything out of the conference. I'm just there to have a good time. I'm not there to speak. Don't have anything to say. And as I'm sitting there, I get a text on my phone that says, after this guy, they want you on the stage to speak. Immediately, my heart starts pounding. My adrenaline is now pumping, and then my mouth goes dry. Does anybody else's mouth go dry when they get nervous? Isn't that the weirdest thing in the world? I don't know what that is. My mouth goes dry. Now I'm saying I got cotton mouth. It's like some of you know what cotton mouth is. <laughs> but I'm I'm st- I'm in the situation, and I'm I'm honest to God. Even if I'm not showing it in my physical demeanor, I'm panicking on the inside. And I'm thinking, how can I get out of this? Can I just walk out of the back door and leave? And then when they call my name, they're like, oh, he had to go. (laughs) It's been a family emergency. You know, I'm trying to figure this thing out. And in that moment, I had to determine how I was going to respond. Am I going to let this fear stop me? Or am I going to trust God to get me through it? And so I say, God, I need your help. When I step on a stage, it's not me going anyway, God, I know that you're with me. You've never let me down. You've never failed me. I learned that years ago when I was doing youth ministry. I would prepare for sermons and not have a sermon. And I would go into the room with hundreds of teenagers, and I'd say, God, if you don't give me something to say, I'll stand up and say, God didn't give me anything to say. Let's pray, and you go home. (laughs) That's the deal I made with God, because nobody needs to hear from me. So God, you've never failed me, you've never let me down. I got on the stage, I spoke. After that, I was only up there for a few minutes. After that, I received an invitation, and for two years in a row, I was a keynote speaker at that conference because I determined that moment wasn't gonna cripple me. It was gonna be an opportunity for me. That's my story, but you can think through your story what you're in right now, the challenge that you in, are in right now, the things that you are facing right now, the things that are going on in our world right now is an opportunity to look at it through the lens of faith. I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. And no matter how hard life hits me, I've got to keep on swinging back. If life comes at you, you've got to come back even harder. You've got to stand with your shoulder squared knowing that you are called to be a champion. You are called to be victorious, that God is with you, and the giant will fall. And when you get knocked down, you've got to get back up. When you get knocked down and you want to stay down, you've got to get back up. This morning I was watching... On YouTube, scenes from Rocky, just trying to amp myself up for today. And there's a, the scene in Rocky 5, because I love Rocky, because no matter how hard he gets beat, he always gets back up. And there's this scene in Rocky 5 where Tommy Gunn's just wearing him out. And Rocky's in a daze. He doesn't know what's going on. And he falls to the ground. And when he does, Tommy Gunn turns and he walks away. And this montage starts happening in Rocky's mind. And we get to see the montage play out on the screen. And, and he sees Apollo Creed and he sees. The Russian and he sees Mickey and, and he hears Mickey saying, you know, get back up, yeah. And I can't say with the rest of what he says in the movie right now. I've come to me later. I may tell you in private. But he said, you gotta get back up, Rocky. And He says, I ain't heard no bell. And and Rocky gets back up and he goes, Yo, Tommy, I didn't hear no bell. And what I'm trying to say is, at some point in life, no matter how hard you get, you gotta stand up and say, I haven't heard the bell yet. I am coming back, and I will make it. Don't give up. Don't get stuck where you are. Keep on moving. Keep on pressing. Because it is not over until it is over. Too many times we give up too quickly. So we have this measure of faith. The Bible teaches we all have a measure of faith. And what's incredible is a small amount of faith has the power to move mountains, but you've got to exercise it. Somebody say, I've got to exercise it. Because if you don't use it, it is useless no matter what the measure is. You've got to begin to exercise your faith. And this happens through putting our expectation in the things that God has set us, said to us. And we expect, God, if you said it, you're, not, you're a man that you sh- will not lie. You watch after your word to perform it. Wherever your word goes, you watch after it, and it will prosper in that place. And so, God, you said it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to confess, and I'm going to exercise my faith in that direction. And as I do that, that begins to strengthen the faith that I have. I have to have some expectation. I can't live life in fear. And let me, let me tell you this, and I've said this before. But fear is faith in the wrong direction. Fear is faith in the wrong direction. You want to know why you attract so many negative things to your life? Because you have faith for it. You believe that, well, my parents were this way, and so I'll be this way, and my family's probably going to fall apart, and my marriage will probably fall apart. You have faith for it, and you're speaking into existence. So when it happens, it's because you had faith for it, through fear, your faith was in the wrong direction. But when you put your faith in the proper direction, aligning it with the Word of God, that's when you start seeing the results of God in your life. You've got to start seeing through a different lens. Stop speaking the curse of your life and start speaking the blessing of the Lord of your life. The second thing we've got to understand is how powerful the Word of God itself is in building this measure of faith that we have. The Bible says in Romans ten seventeen. so faith comes from hearing or by hearing and hearing through the Word of God. As I hear the Word of God, whether it be through reading scriptures or listening to a sermon, as I hear what God is saying, it gives me to put my fa- something to put my faith into. It shows me the hope, and now I can exercise my faith into it. So we've got to get the Word of God in our life, because if you don't have the Word of God, you don't know what you can hope for. You don't know what you can have faith in. The second thing that will help build your faith, you want to talk talk about building your faith, is the power of a testimony. Turn to the person next to you and say, the power of a testimony. Whether it be your testimony or the testimony of someone else. Because when you begin to hear what God has done, you can start putting your faith in the direction of, he can do it for me. If he did it for them, he can do it for me. That's what's so valuable, uh, valuable about even reading scriptures and the stories in the Bible is because you get to see God's nature and his character, and if he did it for them, he can do it for me. God has no respect of a person. It gives me something to put my faith into. It becomes a reminder to me of God's goodness. That's what David does. When, when his brother is coming against him, when Saul is coming against him, what does he do? He reminds himself of the bear. He reminds himself of the lion. And he says, if God deliver me from them, God will deliver me from him. His testimony becomes fuel for his future. This is important. If God does something for you, start writing it down. Put it in a book somewhere to where when you're going through crisis, you have something you can look back on. Because when you're in crisis mode, you probably won't remember it. But if I have something I can go back and look at and go, okay, now I'll remember That's why God told Israel, when you come through the Jordan, told Joshua, I want you to get stones. I want you to stack those stones. It'll be a memorial. What's he saying? When you come back by that place and you see those stones, it will remind you of what I've done. Generations later can come back and see those stones, and it will remind them of what I've done. It becomes fuel for your future, the word of God, the testimony. All these things build our faith. Write it down. Rehearse it, share it with someone. If God does something good for you, share it with someone. The third thing is prayer. Many times we don't pray because we really don't believe. Some of us think, is God listening to me anyway? Does God really care anyway so we don't pray about it? And because we don't pray, we have nothing to send our faith out towards. The Bible says in the book of James, it says, you have not because you ask not. You don't have it because you haven't asked about it. The Bible teaches us in other places, it says, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, bring it to God. How? Through prayer. Pray about it. Your first stop when something comes your way should be God. Lord, here's what it looks like. Here is the giant. I'm not denying it's there, but I do know that you are with me, and I'm asking that you will bring me through this. I'm asking that you will give me victory. I'm asking that you will show me. I'm asking that you'll give me wisdom and guidance and understanding. I need your help. That's got to be your first stop, not worry, not fear, faith, and it's something that has to be exercised. And the more we exercise our faith, the more it begins to grow. And the more we see God respond to what we've already prayed for, the more our expectation grows. I don't know about you, but I wanna be a person of outrageous faith. I was thinking about it, I think last night I was driving, and I was thinking, "I'd, I'd rather believe for something that I never see than to live life believing for nothing. I'd rather shoot for the stars and miss than aim for the ditch and hit it. I believe that God can do anything. There's nothing beyond his ability. So why would I limit him through my lack of faith? Because understand, that is what you do. When you have a lack of faith, you are limiting his ability to move in your life. It doesn't mean that he can't it's just your faith is not there in order to receive it. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to, to, to please God. You have to have faith. You have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I've got to have faith for something in order for him to respond to it. I hope today you're going to leave here going, you know what? I understand that I'm going through this challenge. I understand that the world is going through a challenge, but instead of focusing on the problem or pointing the finger and saying, they should have done it this way or they could have done it this way or it would have been better if it happened this way, instead of going through all that, I'm gonna say, I know in whom I believe. It is what it is. The situation is what it is and my complaining is not gonna change it, but I believe God, you can step in and you can turn it around. And it may not work out the way I think it should work out, It may not happen the way I plan it to happen, but God, I trust that you are good, that you are God, and you're really good at your job. If you're watching online, I want to pray for you today. And I want to pray and ask God to just begin to fill you with all kinds of hope, to let you know that he has an amazing plan and future for your life. Father, touch every single person who's watching or listening by podcast. Lord, move in a mighty and a powerful way for every person that's sick, God, we ask that you would bring healing. Every person that's suffering, God, we ask that you would turn it around. And, Lord, for all the events that are going on in the world and for all the people that are hurting, we ask that you would move right now in a mighty and a powerful way. Lord, save your people from around the world. In Jesus' name, amen.